Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. I absolutely love Babbel because their courses help me learn real-life conversational skills. It's so easy to learn how to order food, ask for directions, speak to the locals without having to consult language apps. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time offer for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, at babbel.com SPP. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com SPP. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash SPP. Rules and restrictions may apply. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, baby. Welcome to the Smart People Podcast. Sit back, grab a drink, tune in your brain. Ask not what your country can do for you. This nation will rise up. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Smart People Podcast. I'm John Rojas. I'm Chris Stemp. Chris, how have things been going since you've been back from your uh, little tropical vacation in Mexico? I would really, I'd say, oh, you know, it's terrible. You come back from vacation and you go to work, but that is not the case with me. I don't come back from vacation and go to work. I come back from vacation and go on vacation. But actually, speaking of working, I have something I want to tell you. I want to tell our listeners because it is a breakthrough in my world. Most people don't know this, but I have been experiencing what some might call a quarter-life crisis for approximately four years now. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I think everybody comes across that, but I just figured it out. I have decided I am going to become a health psychologist. Really? Wrap your brain around that. And I guess I probably shouldn't be spilling this all on air because if I don't end up doing it, this just becomes another crazy scheme I came up with. Yeah, but I think this way you're going to actually be held to your word because you've got thousands of people that have now heard you come up with this idea. That's true. Usually actually, it's just me or, or your <laughs> girlfriend that hears about these crazy ideas. That's true. But the reason I'm also telling thousands of people is because I'm encouraging anyone out there, if you know about this field, the field of health psychology or a psychology field kind of related to that, 
I'm in the beginning stages of researching schools, how to go about it. So please contact me through the Smart People Podcast website. Just go to the Contact Us, click on that, and it just sends us an email. And let me know. I'd be happy to talk to you if you happen to be in the field. Maybe we could get you on the podcast. This is kind of an interesting lead-in, I guess, to this week's guest. What do you think? It's more of the health-based. Yeah, I was going to say health-based with a side of, of craziness. So this week, we're interviewing Anadea Judith. She's an author, a therapist, a public speaker, and is an expert on what's called the chakra system. She's best known for one of her books called The Wheels of Life, A User's Guide to the Chakra System. I don't want to make light of it. I don't, I don't want to seem like... Uh, where this is too kooky or whatever, because honestly, I feel like what we're doing with the podcast and for our listeners is showing everyone different things, just different ideas and trying to get on the best guests we can, the most educated, most experienced to explain it to you and let you decide how you feel about that. And Anadia is, she's one of the, if not the most prominent figures in the chakra system. She's the founder and director of Sacred Centers. She holds master's and doctoral degrees in psychology and human health. She, she literally is considered one of the country's foremost experts on the combination of chakras and therapeutic issues. No, and I mean, I kid around when I talk about the, the craziness because, you know, well, no, everybody- it's kind of crazy. It's yeah, kinda, I mean, but everybody we <laughs> talk to, we want to hear these different and new things. And this might be just as crazy in our eyes as- the first person who, say, decided to milk a cow to drink the milk. Why? You don't get the urge to just suck on a cow's udder? No, exactly. That like natural to me. Exactly. <laughs> so, Chris, this is, this is non-related, but I was talking to one of our listeners, Jesse, on Facebook. He actually married a girl from Japan. He's been there numerous times. It holds a dear place in his heart. And he was asking me if you know I could bring up on the podcast, which I wanted to do anyway, and that was to convince our listeners to reach out, donate time, money, whatever they can to those folks that you know experienced that tragedy with the earthquake and tsunami. We'll put a link on the website in this post on where you can go if you haven't donated yet. All right. So before we get into Dr. Judith, uh, the standard things, actually, I'm all I'm going to do this. I'm going to mix it up this one time. We're going to talk about one other thing. And that is our Amazon widget, because that is the only way we are staying in business right now and paying for the bandwidth. So there's thousands of listeners. I know you're all Amazon addict. So next time you're making your Amazon purchase, go to our website, smartpeoplepodcast.com and scroll to the bottom left-hand corner, click on the Amazon icon, brings you to Amazon like you wouldn't know anything different. When you make your order, it gives us a little referral kickback, no cost to you. Did you know that you can buy anything on Amazon? Anything. Yeah. So, I mean, don't even go to the grocery store. Exactly. Get, Groceries, get toilet paper. And use our link. I mean, it's like six birds with one stone. Anyway, here's what we want you guys to do. Relax and get into this podcast for the next 20 minutes or so. Open your mind for a little bit. See where it leads you. Here is Dr. Anadia Judith. Could you please first explain a little bit about what it is you do? I know you have your own practice and a lot of people are unaware of what you are doing. So I was hoping you could let the general public know. 
Well, basically, I travel the world teaching workshops and giving lectures and talks. And uh, I used to do private practice and healing, and I do a little bit of that when I'm home. But because I'm not really home enough for any kind of regular sessions, I let that go about five years ago. And I take my healing work into teaching, and I train psychotherapists, yoga teachers, body workers, average people just on their own healing journey in the use of the chakra system, somatic therapy, yoga, psychology, and global transformation. I was kind of hoping you could explain what the chakra system is. Actually, what all of those are, the chakra system, somatic therapy, and bioenergetics. You know, I I read about it online, and I wasn't familiar. I still don't consider myself at all very knowledgeable in it. And I'm sure there's people listening that are in the same boat. Exactly. I'm happy to explain. Okay. The chakra system comes from uh, the yoga tradition of India, and it is a system of basically seven major energy centers that come along the midline of the body, that exist at the midline of the body. And they're like vortices that incorporate external energy on the inside, sort of like a a power plant will, like you have a solar power plant will step down the solar energy and turn it into electricity. Well, the chakras will take the energy in the breath, in the food we eat, in the conversations we have, in the light that we see, in the thoughts that we have, and it will in incorporated onto the inside of the body. I say that the chakras are centers of organization for the reception, the assimilation, and the expression of life force energy. And the word chakra means wheel or disc, and that's a Sanskrit word, the ancient language of India. In in describing it as a wheel, it's like a, a whirlpool. It's like a vortex of energy that pulls in energy from outside and expresses it from inside. There are seven of those in a system that are arranged vertically along the spine from the first one at the very base of the spine and the seventh one at the crown. So the first one is associated with the element earth and it's at the base of the spine and it is associated with survival consciousness. So that's our instincts. It is about grounding and how we connect to the earth. So it's health, prosperity, and making a living, all the things having to do with the physical world that we are anchored in. And that becomes our foundation for the whole system. Then above that is the second chakra, and that is in the area of the abdomen, the hips, the low back, the genitals. It has to do with sexuality, emotions, feeling, sensation, and movement. And its element is water. So after we get grounded in the earth, you know, essentially put our roots down in the earth, the next thing we have to do is water them. So the second chakra is how we move through life. The third chakra is located in the solar plexus, and that is related to the element of fire. So fire is our get up and go, our vitality, our power, our sparkle. And then the fourth chakra is in the heart. The heart chakra is related to love, of course, and it's the element air. So air relates to the breath as we breathe in and out. Where does it go? It goes into the chest and lungs and into the heart. And so the heart chakra is about how we relate to others. The throat chakra is the next one. It's in the throat itself. And it relates to the element sound. So the throat chakra is all about communication. The sixth chakra is often called the brow chakra, or some people think of it as the third eye. And that relates to intuition, to seeing, to insight. And then finally, the seventh chakra at the crown is related to consciousness itself. 
the gateway to the beyond often, and it's access through meditation and quieting the mind and really becoming aware of your own awareness. And so when you put these seven chakras together in a system, you find that it creates a very elegant and profound formula for wholeness. I was trying to process it because it's definitely different from anything that we, you know, especially in the, the Western world, kind of learn about or hear about anything like that. Yes, yes, except that it's really become very popular in the West. I mean, it's almost, chakras are almost a household word in the West. Okay. Um, most people use, you know, oh, you've got a third chakra issue there, or, gee, I'm really coming from my fourth chakra here. They may not have a deep understanding of it, right. but they're at least, uh, they've heard the word bandied about. I've seen it in Time Magazine, I've heard it on the news, I've heard it on television. That means it's becoming a household word. As you mentioned, it's becoming a household word, but I'm sure when you got into it, it was lesser known. How did you get into studying it and where you've gotten to today? Yeah, I began really back in 1975 when I first discovered the word, and there was n almost nothing on it at the time. So I had to go back into the ancient literature and kind of decode some of that and read what they were saying. And, uh, you know, gradually, well, my book, my first book came out in, uh, in 1987, so that was 24 years ago. That kind of started putting the chakras on the map. And uh, it's really, you know, the understanding of it has changed a great deal from being, you know, an ancient esoteric philosophy to something that is applied by doctors and chiropractors and acupuncturists and therapists. Almost everyone in the healing field has at least a conversant knowledge of the chakras. So it really has a wide application. And what fascinated me was that I really saw it as a system for wholeness, not just a way to climb up and go to some otherworldly place through meditation, even though that is one aspect of it, but also a way to integrate and become really grounded and practical. So it's really a very practical spirituality. You mentioned, you know, different forms of, of healing. Is there, you know, certain forms of healing that help different sh chakras or do you focus on certain areas with different forms of healings? How does this work? I mean, pardon my ignorance on this. Yeah, you know, this is a system of like a lens through which you can look at the body and the mind and the psyche. So it, the beauty of it is it can be used by any form of healing. So there isn't a particular form to me that's better than another you know I mean an acupuncturist that works with energy and meridians can look at how it goes through the chakras as well as anything else you know a chiropractor can look at what parts of your spine are out of alignment and what you know chakra does that part of the spine relate to psychologists can look at it as developmental stages of childhood and look at where you were wounded or had difficulty and see how that would impact your behavior and your belief system in that chakra. So, you know, the beauty of it to me is that it's not bound to a particular system. It's not bound to a particular religion or a healing system. It can be used by all of them. So I look at the um, chakra system as the architecture of the soul in the same way that the bones are like the basic architecture of the body. I found your work through, you know, I'll randomly search Amazon just for things that I'm interested in. And I am, uh -huh. I am very interested in kind of Eastern medicine and things like that, because I think oftentimes we get into this idea that Western medicine is the only kind that heals. And I, I disagree with that. So I found your book, Eastern Body, Western Mind. And instantly, just by the title, I was I was interested in it. Can you kind of explain the basis behind that book and kind of what you found while doing the research for it? 
Yes, the basis of that book, uh, the subtitle is Psychology and the Chakra System as a Path to the Self. So I really map the Eastern system of the chakras onto Western psychology. And in that book, I look at the developmental stages of childhood and how they map onto the chakra system. In other words, you know, our first year of life is primarily spent trying to get our body to work. You know, we're trying to learn to hold our head up, how to eat and digest food, how to be able to grasp something, how to be able to crawl and to walk, you know, to develop muscles. The body triples its weight in the first year. So that's our primary orientation. How do we make this body work and how do we get along in the physical world where things have edges and boundaries and gravity and and all of that? Then the second chakra overlaps the first chakra a little bit and goes into the emotional development. And so this is the time when we are communicating emotionally. We don't have words yet. We just go, wah, when we want something. And so we are also learning to move through life at that time. That's the second chakra. Then as we come into our terrible twos and threes, we come into our will, the me, me, mine, mine. That's the development of the third chakra. And as we get a little more mature and we start to go to school or have brothers and sisters or play with kids in the neighborhood, we're coming into the whole social sphere, which is the heart chakra. And then as we get a little more advanced in school, you know, we learn to read and write. We're entering the fifth chakra, which is really all about learning. Then as we come into adolescence, we come into our sixth chakra and the crown chakra as we come into our early adulthood saying, well, what's this world all about and how do I fit into it and what do I believe? So that's a very rough journey, and I I charted that, and then I look at all the things that happen to children during these stages and how that affects their chakra balance, their, their makeup. So, you know, an authoritarian parent would impact your power chakra, your third chakra. Uh, not being loved enough would influence your heart chakra. So I look at this and I, I map them together and, and then write about ways to heal that and understand it. And for people who are interested by the, the chakra system and all this, where can you point them? You've written a few books and I believe you've put out audio on like like the beginner's guide to chakras. Mm-hmm. Where would you point people that are just getting interested in the chakra system Well, one way that's a really good introduction is my uh, 30-minute video, The Illuminated Chakras. It is a beautiful animated art journey through, as if you could see the inside of the chakras, what would it look like? It's not about yoga poses, and it's it's not about how to do healing, but it's an introduction to the chakra system in general, what each chakra means, where it's located, and yet it's done with beautiful animated art. So it's actually an open-eyed meditation through the chakras that you can watch again and again. So I always suggest that as an orientation, a beginning, because people watch that and they go, oh, I get it, you know, in that 30 minutes, I, I got what it is. And then um, Wheels of Life, the first book I wrote, is really a good, if you want a good, solid introduction to the philosophy of the chakras, their location, their meaning, a uh, little bit of practice exercises for each one and you want to start to work with it, that's a good place. And uh, if you want to take it into the world, where the world is in terms of chakras, I say that we're going from third chakra to the fourth chakra as an organizing principle in our culture, from the love of power to the power of love, that would be waking the global heart. And that charts human history and its development along the lines of the chakras and shows how we are actually growing up and maturing through this process of raising our energy at the chakra column. 
in your book, Eastern Body, Western Mind, you had a quote that said, the chakra system is every bit as valid as any psychological theory. And I know a lot of people are going to question that initially. Where, where does the validity come from? There aren't many scientific experiments that are being done from Curlian photography that photographs and studies the aura and the subtle field to electrodes on the body that get activated when people talk about certain issues and it lights up on different chakras. So there are many scientific studies being done. My work has not focused on that as much because that doesn't tell anybody how to use them. It just tells them whether they exist. And I'm more interested in working with people that say, all right, I already get this. I want to know how to use it. The validity is that this system is much older than any psychological theory we have, that this system goes back thousands of years and, you know, certainly 1,500 years to when the first books about it were written. This has been used and tested by yogis and masters and spiritual teachers for, you know, like I say, centuries. And many of our psychological theories don't go from much past Freud. So, you know, we have uh, time tested. And it also maps onto the body, which many psychological theories do not. So this is a body-based psychological orientation. So because it's body-based, I believe that yoga is probably a big part of this. Is this correct? Well, yeah. It, you know, the chakra system originated in the yoga tradition. So in many ways, the yoga postures are ways of bringing the body into better alignment so that the energy flows through the chakras more easily and more fully. Obviously, recently, yoga has become more and more popular, especially even as just, you know, everyday exercise for people. Is there anywhere that you can point people that links, you know, the, the yoga and uh, chakra system? Oh, yeah. Well, my work certainly does. And many, many yoga teachers are teaching now, teaching the chakras along with their yoga classes. Uh, Anusara yoga, which is one of the more popular forms of yoga uh, in the world today, uh, founded by John Friend. He also works with the chakra system in his teaching. So um, most people that have been practicing yoga for a while come across the chakra system and are interested in learning it and bringing it into their teaching, into their practice, and realize that part of what they're doing is they're stretching and opening their muscles or aligning their body or developing strength, is they are enhancing the flow of, in yoga we call it the Shakti energy, which is just the life force, enhancing the flow of the life force through their body. And as they do that, they're also enhancing their consciousness, their awareness. I wanted to ask you real quick about meditation. I know that you mentioned it earlier. It's something that I try to do, but it's difficult. And I think a lot of people want to make it a goal and don't end up doing it. Could you tell us how meditation fits into your practice and what you, you teach people? And also give a quick outline or, or a guide on how to meditate for a beginner. Well, meditation is really, it's a balm of the soul. It's like a sense of deep, deep rest. And, you know, we, don't, we can't function very well if we go too many days without getting enough sleep. And in the same way, meditation clears the mind, brings it into deep rest. And in the process of that clearing and that deepening, one begins to access a different level of consciousness than our normal waking, trying to figure it out type of consciousness. For instance, when I meditate, you know, ideas will pop into my mind. Instructions from, you know, kind of guidance, if you will, 
will pop into my mind and it might be as simple as, oh, we remember to call someone or it might be a whole inspiration for a chapter that I'm writing or for a book that I'm writing or a project. So it's a way to open your mind to a much deeper level of consciousness where we can access really a a kind of, you know, what the masters say is a non-dual consciousness where we are just pure awareness of everything around us. And, you know, in that meditation, there is a sense of letting go, so it enhances our health. The receptor sites in the cells of the body get to let go of toxins. We deepen our breath. And there's many, many ways to meditate. There is uttering a mantra, which is a simple sound like I am or Om. Uh, One can meditate on a candle flame and just keep your gaze focused on the candle. Uh, One of the most common is to meditate on the breath and just take your awareness and watch the breath coming in fully and out and just continue to watch the breath as you sit. And any time that you notice your mind wandering from the breath, which it will do, just simply bring the mind back to the breath again. And over a pro- process of you know, 15, 20 minutes, half hour, if you continually do that, you will find that you enter a much deeper state of consciousness, a deeper state of relaxation, and that you come out of it feeling very refreshed. So it's a state of deep rest as well. It's a state of renewal. That's great. I think we all need a, a little renewal every now and again, you know? Yes, we do. Yes. In this culture, you know, we're so go, go, go all the time. We really need to stop and think about what we're doing in this world, and meditation is a way to stop and access something. The other thing is as we meditate we more, we find we need less. We need less things. We need less constant activity. Uh, we're more just self-sufficient in ourselves. We're happier. We're more relaxed. Uh, we need less food. Uh, less coffee, you know. So it is really um, something that helps evolve our consciousness. Okay. I have one last question for you. It's kind of vague, but I know you do a ton of speaking engagements, like you said, workshops all over the world. We enjoy interviewing people such as yourself because you interact with others on, you know, a daily basis. So I wanted to see when you go speak with people, what do you see as the most common thing that they get from it, from working with you? And kind of what is the number one idea or method or goal that you try to accomplish or pass along in these workshops? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I would say there's a couple of things. One thing is they get a deeper contact with their own body. It's like they come back home to themselves. They say, oh my God, I didn't realize I was so disconnected from myself. I feel more connected now. I know more who I am. I feel like I'm occupying my body. So that is one. The other is a sense, I would say, they get a sense of possibility. You know, when I do my lectures on the global heart, you know, here we are at a time in the world where we have, you know, if you read the news and you're up on anything, it can be pretty scary as to where we're going, you know, global warming and environmental destruction and peak food and peak oil and, you know, possible wars and on and on, we can get pretty discouraged. But what I really show is that we are in a process of evolution that is taking us through a rite of passage right now on the planet. And that rite of passage is our initiation to a higher level of consciousness where we operate, as I say, from the heart rather from the third chakra. We operate from love rather than power. 
And so people go away with that with a sense of hope and a sense of possibility of what we are becoming as human beings on our planet at this time. You know, that's all we had. I did want to ask you, could you let our listeners know where they can find you and your resources and and things like that if they want to do kind of further research into this area? Yes, my central website is sacredcenters.com. There's free articles and blogs. I write blogs every week that you can download about the world situation or about the chakra system. You can order any of my books. You can also reach me through there if you need to. Great. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for your great questions. All right. Thanks again. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Welcome back, everybody. It's time to wake up, get back into the real world here. I know that I am going to, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to try and meditate because that has been something I've wanted to get into. And five minutes in, the dog comes up, starts licking my face, and that's the extent of my meditation. You ever, Roach, you ever try anything like that? Meditation, yoga, you ever get into that? During this thing that I've been trying to do for the past couple of months, a buddy of mine put together called the Immaculata, meditation was one of the, one of the goals. I did it for probably two days because... Dude, I'm telling you, it is next to impossible. I know, I know. Honestly, it was too difficult for me, so I stopped. I started doing a different type of meditation where I would sit around for, you know, three to five minutes and just kind of reflect on the day. And that's what I replaced with, you know, a mind clearing meditation, which seemed to work for me and, you know, calm me down, especially right before bed. I kind of like the thing she said about staring at a candle. Right. Because then you don't have to have your eyes closed, but you kind of zone out. And fire in itself has always been, I don't know, it's it's just a crazy element. It's very hypnotic. Yeah, I think I'm going to give that one a try. Anyway, so if you enjoyed it or if you've enjoyed the podcast episodes prior to this, Please support us, you know, using our Amazon widget at smartpeoplepodcast.com. Go onto the website, leave comments. You can contact us. Um, Just as important, go to iTunes. If you haven't subscribed, obviously do that. Let's not get out of control. But leave us a comment and a star rating. That definitely helps us out. I mean, it really supports us and what we're doing here. There's also a bunch of ways to reach us. You can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash smartpeoplepodcast on Twitter at smart people pod and please you know start conversations with us on twitter there is times when i'm sitting at work because i you know came back to the east coast to resume my job but there's times when i'm sitting at work where i'm checking the twitter feed and responding back and forth on my personal feed and i you know check the smart people pod feed and sometimes we've got some stuff sometimes we don't but it makes my day when i can sit and talk back and forth with somebody so actually Speaking of the Twitter and Facebook thing, I had been meaning to talk to you about it, but I guess I'll just call you out on air. Not even call you out, but I want to start doing, we are going to tweet and post on Facebook, at hopefully every day, kind of uh, an article or perhaps a YouTube video that reflects upon smart people, just smart people podcast. And I am putting you pretty much in charge of that, Roach, for the most part, because you tweet more than Ashton Kutcher. That That is false. All right, well... Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next week. We got a couple of really cool guests in the hopper. We're finally going to get some political pundits or just people knowledgeable in politics. We're going to get them on. We have some people coming up that we're going to talk technology with, things like that. So make sure to tell your friends. Keep tuning in. We appreciate it. And uh, I don't know. You got anything, Roach? Donate to Japan. Nice ending. All right, guys. See you later. Take it easy.